Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 323, which, hey, Howard will be able to attest to this. He was like, huh, what episode you guys on? And I went, I think like 323 or something, and I looked it up, and I was right. So tell him, Howard. Yeah, you were right, dude. See? Boom. I'm awesome. So it is episode 323. I, of course, am your host, the greatest man who's ever lived, your funky leader. It's me, it's Matt, and a pump for the show, even though I had some weird news on the Twitter today and i sent it to eric and on my whole drive home i was feeling sick to my stomach i was all gurgledy burgledy about it but we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about other stuff and the person that i'm going to talk about that other stuff with it's the light bearer the light bringer the light bearer bringer the beast master third shift it's eric is here to tell us how his week was as i stall continuously so we can see the thing that i sent <laughs> so him I on twitter so i can look over at twitter and go what the hell is Matt <laughs> talking about he sent me a thing i did not get it i just got it because of course Y'all should know by now, Eric, don't, he don't be on the Twitters, he don't be on the Facebooks, I don't do the social media that much. Except when you try to send me a screenshot from somebody's TikTok failed. or something, like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I was going to be so good, too. And then it epically <laughs> failed, and I didn't even bother. I was like, you know what? I don't care enough. I just don't care enough. But I, it was going to be one of those moments where, if you don't know, here's a little hidden a little hidden fact. Matt likes to send me DMs of things that he knows is going to make me angry. <laughs> and then I look at them, and I, of course, get angry. Yes. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same to Matt. I'm going to do it today. It was random. I typically don't ever do any of that kind of stuff. But I tried, and I failed. <laughs> and in traditional Eric fashion, I went, I don't know. I don't care enough. I'm not going to pursue this. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> so he evaded getting angry because I'm just way too lazy to try to figure out what the hell, how internet works and how social media stuff works. I just don't care enough. <laughs> just don't. I just don't. But I'll read this article later. Yeah. And it actually uh, it reminds me of something I do want to speak talk about just a teensy, teensy bit that I saw today on the Twitter, actually. But before we get into any of that, yes, it's me. I'm here. How we doing? Everything's great. And before we get going on all the wonderful, cool gaming awards and the nominees and all that, I have to tell you how the week's been, man. I have to tell you what I've been doing. Real life, existing. Hanging out with the family, watching shows, making dinners, cleaning laundry, you all know how that goes. It's the same old, same old. It's wonderful. It's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. But we don't have to go into detail. The only thing of note I did, besides not go see the newest Black Panther movie because the person I was going to go see with a bailed on me, was play God of War Ragnarok. I am on a mission to finish and beat this game because I have Callisto Protocol coming up. I have Tactics Ogre Reborn right around the corner, which is, it's already out. So by right, right around the corner, I mean, it's, it's there waiting. But Matt, you'll, you'll recall, I said, I started playing Soul Hackers again and you went, cool. Don't, don't forget it. It's a good game. And I went, yes, it is a good game. But I started thinking more and I said, end of the year is right around the corner. Soul Hackers is going to take me the rest of the year to finish. No, it has to go on pause. I'm already halfway through Horizon Forbidden West. That's only going to take about 8 to 10 hours more to finish. Maybe maybe 15 tops, because I think it's like a 30-ish hour game. I need to go finish that one, because that's, that's a solid I can beat. And on top of it, it's actually in what we're going to be talking about later, the Game Awards. So I want to beat that one so I can have an official opinion, you know, end-of-the-year opinion on it. 
And then if I get through that, obviously, I'll go back to Soul Hackers. But of course, I just told you I got to get through Callisto too before the end of the year because that's another one that's really important to me, you know, and I want to be able to talk about it before the end of the year so I can have uh, firm thoughts where my, uh, you know, my best games lie and everything else. So with all that being said, Ragnarok, I've been playing the hell out of it. I won't spoil anything right now. I'll wait one more week. But next time we talk, which might not be the Thanksgiving one, but after, I'll have a full review and I'll, oh, how we do it. Basically just talking about the game, what I like and dislike, when it's not like we do reviews, but you know what I'm talking about. I will just say, this game is smooth as butter. All the characters are fantastic. And the way they did it this time around, well, I mean, it was kind of like last time, but I feel even more into it because there's a lot more interaction with many more characters this time around. I feel like I'm a, a bee or a fly hanging out with these these individuals. So like when they're over here making jokes, cracking jokes, messing with each other, having serious moments, funny moments, angry moments, I'm in it. Like I'm like I'm a part of the crew. Hee hee hee, you know, and I'm I'm laughing with them. They're Josh and Atreus. They're Josh and freaking Kratos and I'm just laughing, having a good time. It's wonderful. Like I really feel like I'm a part of this journey. And even though I'm playing Kratos, I'm not Kratos. Kratos is Kratos. I'm just helping the whole crew get to where they need to be. That's how I feel when I'm playing this. And it's just absolutely awesome. I'm just in it to win it. Everything that's going on, I'm having a good time with. There's a couple interactions where it's a little tropey, but it spins it. So it doesn't quite end up what you expected it to be. So I appreciate that. Because every time they kind of go into that, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, why? Why do we got to make these decisions? It's the same stupid decisions that every show and game makes. And then it kind of spins it a little bit just so you're like, well, actually, this is entertaining. This is fun. This is kind of cool. So I appreciate that. Once again, I won't go into any more detail. Just say that that's what I've been doing every single day that I've got time to play it. I'm playing it. And going on about it. It's such a wonderful game. Can't wait to talk about detail. And about the characters. And things that are happening. And what's going on. I was playing it most of the day today. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. But that's all I've been up to. Besides working. You know living. All that good stuff. What about you Matt? Well you've been up to only like one thing. I've been up to all the things. So many things. So many games. So many outside of the gaming world events. I'm going to start off in that realm as usual. Last Thursday, the reason why we had to record early, I went and saw the Reduced Shakespeare Company at the Wharton Center. If anybody doesn't know who they are, they are a like a comedy group, maybe even like an improv group to some extent, and they do stuff about Shakespeare. Like the last one I saw a few years ago before COVID locked everything down, it was like his entire repertoire just like bite-sized. Like, hey, here's what, the, the, what this play is, and they throw on different hats and do funny stuff. And it was pretty cool. This one was like Hamlet the Prologue. So, like, in the story, Hamlet's father, the king, is like, oh, you know, I, I know you want to be king and all, but, you know, maybe you should, like, expand your horizons. Don't just do politics. When you're a king, it kind of sucks. Maybe, maybe like, go and be an actor. Like, try, try out that kind of stuff. Try out performances. And so it's this big, crazy story about Hamlet and all the other characters in this wacky adventure. They, like, end up putting on a talent show to raise money for something that I won't spoil. And it's so it was so hilarious because not only was – I mean, it was just funny – but then the whole thing was done in rhyme, which I thought was awesome. For like two and a half hours, just boom, boom, nonstop. Everything was in rhyme. There were a bunch of songs that were great. 
But the thing I loved the most was there were so many in-jokes and references and lines cut directly from the original play. Like, at one point, Ophelia, she wants to go to her swim class that her parents don't want her to go to. If you know the play, you know why that's funny. But then there were so many things that I was literally the only person in the theater laughing at it because they took this line specifically and they, they reworked it in their production to mean something different. But it was clearly a line from Hamlet. It was great. It was outstanding. It was a laugh riot. I was chuckling. I was giggling. I was teeheeing. I was guffawing. Wonderful. A few days later, Lansing Symphony Orchestra had one of their first chamber concerts, a piano quartet, so violin, viola, cello, and a piano. They did two quartet pieces. Uh, one of them was this guy who was who was famous like before the Nazis took over Germany and all that stuff, and all his works kind of disappeared. So only the second public performance since like the 1930s of his works. It was great. It was cool. Lots of fun. Not much else to say about that. Lots of stuff to say about the video game front, though, because I had Friday off, so I played and I streamed Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster in the world of Ruin, doing the voices. I love it. It's so much fun. It's my favorite thing to do. If I just could not go to work, then I would just do this. I would sit and just play Final Fantasies and do the voices, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and I need to do it more. But another thing that I was doing more, so I couldn't play more Final Fantasy VI, is play Persona 5 Strikers. And I played through it, and I beat it, and I did all the requests, and I did every single optional piece of content, and I went, hmm, how many trophies away am I from the Platinum? And the game said, you're only two away, sir. The one you have to do is start a new game on Merciless mode, which is fine. You just start it up, and then you can just even just leave after you get the trophy. But the other one, other than the Platinum trophy, so I guess three away, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. The other one is max out all your bond skills. Then I said to myself, hmm, how does one do this? I get bond experience here and there, fighting enemies and all this stuff. What's a good way to do this? And the internet said, uh, just uh, redo the Metatron request, like, for five hours straight. And I went, I'll not do that, Internet. No, thank you. <laughs> and the Internet said, well, you can also just play on Merciless mode, because you get lots of Bond experience from that. And I went, well, these two go hand in hand. Let's try this out. And it was hilarious, because now, granted, yes, we've talked about it, I played this through on easy mode. And I had a great time, and the story was wonderful, and I, I loved everything. Especially towards the end, it hit all the Persona moments Moments with your friends, moments of, of great power versus great responsibility, you know, you, all the Persona stuff. But it was awesome to go from kicking butt, taking names, having almost no trouble at all with anything. Final boss, ah, he hit Morgana a couple times, heal, 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 who cares, boom, 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 kill everything, beat the Metatron, doesn't matter. Starting on Merciless mode, I'm getting my ass kicked by pixies and jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> it's, 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 woo, it's tough. It's merciless. Poor Morgana. Morgana's always in my crew. He always is. He's getting wiped out by every single mini boss. I'm like, man, why does it sound like a lot, a lot quieter during the battles? Like, something's missing. Look, Morgana, zero HP. Oh, all right. Well, let me use all those items that I stocked up on in the first playthrough. Okay. Well, so we're getting there. It's, it, it's very different. It's much harder, but it is kind of fun in that, you know, like soul crushing kind of way where you're just scraping and scrambling and scratching and clawing for every single inch. And I kind of like it. So I don't know if I'm going to continue on and do the, the last achievement to get the platinum via merciless mode. There is another way to do it via when you're in Osaka, you can rub Billiken's feet 
and that gives you bond experience every time. And as soon as you leave the area and come back, you can do it again. And well, I could just bust through it on easy, like skip all the cutscenes, do everything real quick with my new game plus characters. Get back to there and do it. I don't know, but I'm going to do it because I love that game. Just like you said, the more I played it, the more I fell in love with it. It was awesome. Another game, the more I played and fell in love with it, Ghost of Tsushima, the Iki Island DLC. Finally went through, finished all that up, got all the trophies in there, did everything there, and it just felt so good. But the one thing that I don't think we ever mentioned when we talked about Ghost of Tsushima before, what I really appreciated about it, especially in the Iki Island DLC, it's not afraid to just be sad. You know, a lot of games is like, hey, everything's got to be big and blasting and boom, 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 and make you feel powerful and cool and awesome. In a lot of this DLC, it's him dealing with his emotional damage. And like, oh man, I feel so guilty about this. I'm so sad about this. In this beautiful game, like the most beautiful game I've ever seen. And yes, I am doing badass stuff. I am being cool. But it's not afraid to make him look weak, you know, like emotionally. And I was like, that's that's awesome. But playing through that, I went, man, the stealthin. I love stealthin. This beautiful, beautiful vistas. I love beautiful vistas. This clambering around on stuff and swinging from ropes and things. Ah, I love that. And I finished it. Now, well, I'm not going to play the base game anymore because I already platinumed that eight ages ago. What can I do? What can I play that's kind of like that? That I already have, that I already own from buying it a long time ago. And it's already downloaded on my console because when I deleted things I was not having fun with, I downloaded this. It was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I mean, I'm gonna. This is gonna be my action game. I'm gonna have RPG time or serious time, and then I'm gonna have action fun time. And I'm playing it. And the stealth, that's not that great. Combat, that's not that great. The vistas sure look nice. Not nearly as nice as Ghost of Tsushima, though. But man, that clambering around on stuff, I love it. I was like, hey, it's just like a weird sheer wall or a mountain. I just hold the go button, and you just. I'm a little human spider. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm not, I just got out of the intro area. I just got the ship. Maybe I won't, you know, platinum this and go around and do everything, but I'm having fun. The main character, I picked the girl. She's fun. I like it. I'm having you fun. Don't shake me. your head at me. I'm having you fun. You lied to me. You said after I get done with Persona 5 Strikers, I'm going to pick up old Aegis Rim 13 Sentinels. I'm not done with it, though. I still got to go back and get that trophy. So it's not done yet. No, I'm not you're a liar. Cheating? Eric. <laughs> you are. You are absolutely cheating right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You know it. Okay. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a fine game. I'm sure it is. A lot of people said it was. No. You need to be playing cer- Thirteen Sentinels. That's what you said. I know I you. I know you this. believe that I'm cheating and that I'm lying, but I'm not because. Hey, oh my God. Persona 5 Strikers is still the disc <laughs> in the machine. I'm still playing it. Then the other thing that I did play last night, because it just launched like two days ago, is Pentiment. It's free on PC Game Pass. Downloaded that. I'm only like two hours in. They say it becomes a big detective mystery and you find all, all the dirty secrets of the town. I don't even have anything mysterious happening yet. Some guy closed a book and I figured out something, but it led to a complete dead end. So... I'm not anywhere near that, but hey, maybe next week or the next time we do a full thing, I'll talk more about it, because I'm really digging it. If you don't know what Pentiment is, go watch just a trailer of it. Don't even watch a review. Just watch some gameplay in action. It looks like nothing else, and it's great, and I love it, and it's fun. And then, Eric, 
What's the thing you want to talk about? You said there was a tiny thing you wanted to tiny talk about for a tiny amount of time. There was, for a tiny minute, okay? Gearbox is making moves. You sent me the thing that triggered it all back into my head. Gearbox is making moves. They're making moves on uh, your wonderful, well, was wonderful, maybe will be, maybe not be, Saints Row. But they're also making moves in two different areas. They just opened a studio in Shanghai, China, okay? So Gearbox now has a studio opening up, rocking and rolling over there in Shanghai. I have no flipping clue what that means or what it's going to entail for Gearbox or what will come of it. So that's one thing. But the other thing was I just saw that they took over the the rights of Risk of Rain 2. So now they are the... The uh, the go-to for that. And they want to continue making content for Risk Rain 2. And they also said that they're going to be working closely with, uh, and I was trying to find it. It's Hobo or Hoblu or whatever studios, the ones that did Risk Rain originally. Hopu, I think. Hopu. Hopu. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't have it pulled up because I forgot about it until you actually sent me that whole link. And then I was like, oh, crap, I did read about that earlier today. And I thought that was very interesting. It's all tying in real strange. Just like, you know, they're part of Embracer Group now. And as you just, you were mentioning to me, Saints Row's now going to them. They're taking over Risk Rain 2 while the other studio takes on something new. But they're also really excited to announce what's going to happen with that studio and what they're doing. So, I don't know. I feel like Gearbox is kind of taking on a lot of the, uh, like, the, the core stuff. You know, like, I feel like Embracer Group's like, hey... We need you guys to kind of like lead the way for some of these titles and push forward where it hasn't been so successful with some of the other stuff. I don't know what it means yet. It's way too early, but it is very interesting. Yeah, just to clarify, what's happening is Volition is going underneath Gearbox Entertainment yes. as opposed to some other European thing, which was formerly Coke Media. So it sounds like like a publishing deal, like, hey, they'll be your new publisher but they also mention in the press release about it, like, hey, they have a well-established U.S.-based management team and blah 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 boo And I have, I mean, I teased it. I, I said what what I felt earlier in the episode. I'm I'm nervous and I'm unsure. If it's just a publishing thing, then no big deal. Great, cool, awesome. It keeps them making the games that I love. But if it's, I'm wor- I'm worried. Like the GIF. That I posted on Twitter. I have several questions. I'd like to have them answered, please. Because that's one of my very favorite game developers who make, I'm just going to say it, my favorite game series of all time. And I love the last one. And I want to know what's going to happen here. I want to know what the fallout is, but we won't know for years upon years upon years. Just like with Gearbox Shanghai, because we didn't even know anything about Gearbox Quebec until it was like, oh, they kind of helped out with this. They kind of helped out with that. Who knows what any of the future is going to hold? It's weird. Yeah, a lot going on at Gearbox, a lot going on within the Embracer Group and everything that it owns. I look forward to having an episode later where we kind of actually research it and go into detail, but we won't do it tonight. Just be it, uh, go check that out. Go see what uh, Gearbox is taking control over and messing around with. They're, they got a lot going on, and I'd love to be a little bee in the bonnet over there and kind of see how that's being managed and what's, what's happening, because it's pretty cool. You know, just invite us down, Gearbox, and let us know. All you got to do, we'll bring the donuts, like we said. We'll bring the clown outfit. We'll come down from the skylight. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. We'll do all the things. We promised, because that's how we roll. We we do what we promise. All you got to do is say the words, get us in there. And speaking of doing what we promise, we promise you every year we're going to talk about the Game Awards to a ridiculous extent. So long. All the shows that we do when the Game Awards nominees are announced, it's like four hours long. 
And then I have to edit it for 18 hours on top of that. It's great. But as we knew, the nominees would pop out as soon as we talked about what could possibly be nominated in the last episode. And I'm just going to start off. We're going from the bottom up on this random page that we found and starting off with Best Esports Event. Nominees Evo 2022. I don't know if we'll read all the all the nominees anyway, but... You're going to knock them off. Might as well. At least for this one. Evo 2022. 2022 League of Legends World Championship. The PGL Major Antwerp 2022. And the 2022 Midseason Invitational. Now, when I saw this, I went, Aha! I'm the esports guy this year. I'm, the, I'm, I'm all about it. Oh, I didn't watch anything from Evo. Okay. PGL Antwerp. Oh, that's a... That's a CSGO one, but it was the previous one. It wasn't the one that I was just watching. Oh, Midseason Invitational. That's got to be a Dota 2 one. Let me look it up. Oh, no, it's it's the League of Legends one that was before the World Championship that I just watched. But F it! World Championship, League of Legends World Championship, it's awesome. I mean, going into actual detail a little bit, they have you know all the League of Legends NA casters, all the EU casters, like they, they they form this beautiful group. The NA team and the EU team kind of kind of work together and melded in the best of the best from each of them. The casters, the hosts, the panel, the desk. It was professional. It was cool. They had like you know a giant stadium. It looked really cool. It looked really professional. When they did interviews afterwards, obviously it's two Korean teams. They had an awesome interpreter who was popping out there. It wasn't awkward at all. It wasn't you know anything weird. It was it was professional. And that's what I appreciate in some of these other esports that I'm going to talk about, too. It wasn't just, we're wild and out, we're, we're crazy gamers. It was, here's a professional host holding a professional microphone, asking professional questions and getting real answers back. So the only one that I saw out of this, League of Legends World Championship, it's the only one I ever vote for because League is awesome. But this time I experienced it and I watched it and it was awesome. It was great. So, of course, I've watched none of them because I just don't have the time. They're also on at weird hours. I'm probably asleep on most of this stuff. However, Evo 2022, I heard a lot about this year. I heard that it came back kicking, that it was actually a really good time, had some really good shows, had some really great moments, that the uh, the broadcasting was fantastic, just like you're saying, of League of Legends World Championship. But of course, with no knowledge on any of it, I don't have a, a voice here except to say I'm going with you. As 2022 League of Legends World Championship being the winner of this because it's League of Legends, it's huge. You've said nothing but good about it, so I'm gonna go with old Matt's opinion, and I'm gonna trust that this one's gonna take the win as well. I mean, it usually does because League of Legends is the best. But moving on to best esports coach, I don't know any of these people. None of these people were coaching in any of the teams that I watched. But I will tell you, only two of these people coached world championship teams. And that's Matthias Bizka Terransconi, who is the coach of Loud, who plays Valorant, and Robert Raba and Dahlstrom for FaZe Clan, who was the that's that Antwerp that was the previous world championship. They won that for CSGO. So one of those two should take it, because they coached an actual world championship team. One of those two. That's that's the best you're getting out of me. You know what? Screw it. I'm going for Bizka. Bizka, you did it. You're the best. Man, oh man, I'm going for just old League of Legends and go score Dongbin. Just because it's League of Legends. Everybody loves League of Legends, you know what I mean? Say? <laughs> Plus, I want to score, he wants to score. Nice. So therefore, maybe I'm going to get the score and the point, and I'm going to win this year. That's how it's going to go down. So that's what I'm picking. Boom, set it in stone. Now, I, ha- I have beef. I, 
I wasn't going to mention it, but I have beef with Gen G for League of Legends getting nominated in all of these esports athlete team and coach categories because uh, they didn't win worlds. They weren't even in the finals. Mm-hmm. They lost to the team that won worlds. Like it wasn't, they weren't even the runner up. Like, what? Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> there's my beef bit. And we're moving on to best esports team. Oh, look, Gen G is nominated for League of Legends. <gasps> Now, let me tell you, literally every other team here won the world championship in their game. The Apex Legends team, CSGO, Call of Duty, and Valorant. So there's only one wrong pick here. Well, that would be to pick Gen G, because they're not the best. All these other teams are the best in the world. I'm going to go with Loud. I don't know, because Valorant was probably the best other, like most professional Best broadcast other esports game that I watched this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Valorant and say Loud should win it. And of course, for me, I play none of these games. However, my brother-in-law does a ton of Call of Duty, has a great time with it, and of course, I've heard nothing but good and moves being made by the LA Thieves. So I'm going the LA Thieves for Call of Duty this year, just because I've heard them on podcasts over the last year, and my brother-in-law. Likes Call of Duty, plays it all the time. Because, of course, I have zero knowledge on this subject. But that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going for that point. <laughs> now, we're going to best esports athlete. And again, I'm, I'm here to tell you, folks, there's only one correct answer. Because only one of these gentlemen is a world champion. And that's Finn Kerrigan Anderson for FaZe Clan for CSGO. Hey, why, why not pick someone from Gen G who didn't even make the finals in Worlds? Faker, Faker, sh- Faker should be the backup pick because he is legendary. He came in second. You know, he was in the finals for League of Legends. I pick him every other year, but literally, there's only one world champion, current world champion on this list, and that's Kerrigan, and that's who I'm voting for. I'm so torn. Faker, such a good name, such a good name. But I, too, want to go with Kerrigan because Kerrigan's also a really good name. That's from StarCraft. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Kerrigan. What a wonderful character in that series. So much just energy, so much cool shit going on with that game. So I'm going Kerrigan just because of that. I don't give two poops about Counter-Strike Global Offensive, but I'm going to go with you on this just because, like you said, they are a champion. And I feel it's time for a little bit of a change-up. And I think this one's got the name written all over it. There we go. And now, best esports game. I'll elucidate a little bit because I watched some CSGO. I watched League of Legends, obviously. I watched some Valorant. And I will say, CSGO and Valorant are basically the exact same game. Just like Dota 2 and League of Legends are basically the same type of game. But it's difficult when, you know, I, I watched some of both, like I said. It's difficult to get excited about... Valorant and Counter-Strike Global Offensive because of the low time to kill in each game. Like, as soon as a play is about to happen, it's over. It was either made or it wasn't. One of them's dead. And it's it's hard to even parse because the action is so fast and the deaths happen so quick. Like, they have the, the players and their health bars and their loadouts on either side of the screen. But it's hard to even tell who is dying or who you're watching because it goes so fast. Like, I'll be watching something from the blue team's perspective and seeing yellow people. I'm like, oh, yeah, yellow team's about to get it. And it'll switch to yellow team. But he dies so fast that I can't even parse that it was yellow team that I saw, so I don't know who that was. So for both of those, as as good as, you know, the casters are, they try to give you the lineup, tell you the strategy, tell you what's going on, tell you what items are getting used, what what's important, what's mattering. It's so hard to follow it. I mean, maybe people who are in tune with it, it's easier for them. But it's just, it's so fast. It, 
When it is so fast, it is cool when somebody goes on a spree because I've seen that a couple times in Valorant. Like one person is left on the team and he gets like three, four kills and carries the match. That's awesome. You get some hype moments with that. But the rest of it is just kind of stuff's just there's the game. They, they won. What, what, what happened? So that's why League of Legends is the best because it's from that top down perspective. It's zoomed out. You got nice, bright health bars. You got big, colorful characters. So even if you don't really understand what's happening with the characters, you don't understand the abilities they're getting used, you can see that ability come out. You can see the big chunk out of the health bar. You know, big stuff is going down. You see CCs like charges and knockups and stuff. You see that happening in the game. Boom, boom, boom. You can tell what's happening. Maybe you don't know this champion or their ability or what the build does. But you can tell what's going on just from a glance. Red team is beating up blue team because those health bars are going thunk, 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 thunk. And if you do know a little bit about League of Legends, all the info is displayed all around the screen. If you want to know the KDA for any one of the people playing, it's right there at the bottom. Just look across. You can see all their items. You can see when their cooldowns are coming up. You get the mini-map. You can watch the whole thing. Even if they're centered on mid lane, you can see what's going on with bot lane and top lane. They do such a good job. Fog of War, all that stuff too. It's... It's beautiful. It's wonderful. If you love Dota 2 instead of League of Legends, I can see why you'd say Dota 2. It's pretty similar. But for me, those characters are too big. Everything's too detailed. It's hard to parse out what's happening. It's too much. There's too much detail. And that stuff around the screen that League of Legends has, it's not there for Dota 2. I just watched World Championships today. They have just the info for the one person you're watching. But I don't know who's who. I can't see at a glance which team is dominating. Boom, boom, boom. That's my thoughts on those. And Rocket League, it's too much. I, you could never do the things that they do. If you want to pick up Rocket League, you could never do that. If you want to pick up League of Legends, and you know they played this character, and they go QWE, and it was a big damage thing, you can go and play that as soon as you download it. You know what this build is? You can do it. So that's why League of Legends is the best esports game. It's easy to understand. The casters are knowledgeable. You can see every piece of information at a glance, and you can see the way the game flows. It's easy to understand. If you don't know anything about it, you can see what's happening. Boom! There's my eSports rant. I did it! Now, of course, that all sounds legit, and I understand all that, and I agree with you. However, I got a gut feeling that this year Valorant is going to take it, Matt. Uh, just because there's a, Andy Cortez is a streamer slash kind of funny person I do watch quite a bit, and he had a lot of, uh, just for the funsies of it, playing Valorant. And I can see where people are getting in on this because it's just like Counter-Strike except some magic. So they, it's still the quick time to kills. If you're in the right moment, you're in the right moment. If you're not, you're dead. And it's just like you said. It's super fast-paced and crazy. Everyone will be hiding and waiting for that moment to hit. And then all of a sudden, da -da 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 -da, four out of the five team members are dead and you're moving on. But I will say those moments are fantastic. When you just watch a perfectly executed plan take place and one character just pops off and just headshot, headshot, magic ability, blinds, guy runs in to try to counter, boom, dead, 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 dead. And then everyone's going, woo, we did it. This is the greatest. Those are awesome to see. Those are awesome to watch. I don't understand any of it because I have no idea what these characters are capable of, what they're doing besides just watching, obviously, them play. I don't know how stuff counters anything else and what you should be doing versus what you shouldn't plus just like counter-strike those maps get learned to the t mm -hmm. 
So everybody always knows the exact spots that are going to be sniped, the exact spots that are great for like a cloud uh, confusion, you know, moment type thing. It's ridiculous the detail that these individuals go to to understand those maps and how to make sure that they are in the prime positions to take the win. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. I don't even like it, to be honest with you. But watching some people play it, I gotta say, you know, the skill and the just precise nature of everything that it takes to win those is awesome. It's pretty cool. And Valorant's kind of, I don't know, it's been waiting for its moment in the sun, its day to have the sunshine on it. And I think it's this year. So I'm going to go with Valorant winning the best esports game this year just because it's just a, just a hunch. That's a good pick. I like it. Like I said, casters were all professional. Golden Boy casts Valorant, or he hosts Valorant events, so they get a little bonus from me. They're my, they're my two with a little asterisk. So then we're moving on to a category you and I know nothing about. Award for Innovation and Accessibility. As Dust Falls, God of War, Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. I don't know. I got nothing on this one. I would say I think I've heard As Dusk Falls does a pretty good job with it, like in the reviews that I saw when I did it as my release. So I guess that's the one I'm picking. Uh, we're fortunate enough to not need the stuff, so I, I can't tell you. Yeah, just like you just said, I don't really have to pay attention to this this kind of thing. So I don't really have any knowledge on it, but I will just say once again, just like you did, God of War Ragnarok, I heard, does have quite a few features to help people play the game and get through it, you know, via that uh, voiceovers talking to you the constant way, different color schemes, all that good stuff. That's all I can say just because I don't use it. So I don't actually go and look at that kind of stuff. But from what I hear, God of War, and just for the funsies of it, that's what I'll pick this year to, to take it. And next up, best adaptation, Arcane, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. I know you've seen most all of these things. Mm-hmm. I have seen one of them all the way through, and one of them super drunk <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. But I'm going to go with Arcane because I, mean, I think that was like the first big one. Obviously, everyone knows Uncharted, the movie came out. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out. I'm, I'm sure most people loved it. But when Arcane came out, it like blew up. It was like Normal people were like, whoa, this is so cool and stylish and whatever. Obviously, I'd vote for it because it's League of Legends content anyway. I don't really remember any of it because I remember looking up and like, whoa, is that what's happening? And you going, yeah, that's what's happening, dude. Aren't you watching? And I went, goop, 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 goop. And then it, it passed on by and I never watched it again. But Arcane gets my vote. How about it? Now, I've seen four out of these five. Cuphead shows the only one I have not seen of these. Okay, Uncharted, fun movie. Popcorn movie. That's Nothing a, special, though. That's a lie, Eric. You watched Cuphead at the cabin. You put on the Cuphead oh show. Oh, my God. I and put you were it like, on. I did. You were like, <laughs> we're going to watch the Cuphead <laughs> show. And James Turner went, why the hell are we watching this? And I went, ah. <laughs> I don't know, because Eric put it on. Yep. Hooray. Just like you guys made me play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when we should have just been drinking beers and having a good time. <laughs> So that's a lie. I guess you're right. I, I did watch some of the Cuphead show, but that is just like you said. I was drunk. I I've, Now that you say it, there's like little pictures that pop into my brain and moments. But no, I, I'm not going to say I actually watched it because it wasn't enough. The others I have watched all the way through, sober, handling business, looking at them. Uncharted, fun movie, popcorn movie, though. Nothing great or nothing like super special about it. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was fantastic. I had a great time with it. I love that franchise. But let's get to the real meat and taters here, okay? Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, and Arcane League of Legends. 
I'm going to tell you right now, if I picked for me, for me, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is hands down a winner. What an anime, what a show. Every single moment was just something happening. I couldn't wait to see what was next. The characters were just so awesome, likable, and just the, the, the whole family thing going there, that vibe they had was so freaking just good. Just so good. And then shit happens. All right. These, these characters, they go through it. Bad things happen. Good things happen. But if you know the cyberpunk world, it's just a matter of matter of life, a matter of course. So even though these bad things happen, everyone just beats feet, carries on, goes forward. Because in this crappy, dystopian, cyberpunk future, that's the way it works. And they meld that all together perfectly so you believe it and you feel like you could be part of it. Let me just tell you, if I was picking, that's the winner. But I can promise you, just like you said, there's no doubt in my mind that Arcane is taking this. Because Arcane was a masterpiece. It wasn't an anime. And I think that's what's going to carry it to the wind. Because when people hear anime, they hear, uh, you know, naked women and weird things and stuff they don't want to watch. That's just, that's the typical, you know, anime thing. Oh, that's for weirdos and da-da-da-da-da-da. And Arcane has that... Like almost like Star Wars Rebels, which I never watched. It's kind of like that in between. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of CGI, sort of animation. But if you don't like just like traditional animation or anime, this has an appealing look. Yeah. For I, I think for everybody. For everybody, and that's it. It's got that. It's got that likability for anybody who just wants to watch a really cool show, and it's fantastic. There's nothing negative I can say about this anime, or it's not even anime, but about the show. I watched it myself. All the way through once, and then I watched it halfway through with you guys while we were drinking beers, and I've watched it again since then. So, by no means I'm not saying that this is a masterpiece and it's freaking wonderful, because it is. The characters in this are freaking awesome, the animation's awesome, all the songs and the music, they hit you right where it counts, right when you need it to count. Whoever made this, just, mmm, chef's kiss, as you would say all the time. But... I'm just going to tell you, Edge Runners, never going to be beat in my books. However, for this year, I will say Arcane is going to take the win because I think it has that widespread likability. And speaking of widespread likability, how about the content creator of the year? And I have two problems with this category. A, where is Matt? Because I am the content creator of the year. Have you seen my streams? Have you seen the voices? Did you see Gilgamesh's Jamaican accent? Did you see Yang's Jamaican accent? Come on. You're going to love what I do with Barrett next time when I get to Final Fantasy VII. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Oh, FF7. But the second problem that I have with this, and it's the person who's going to win it. Nibelian is going to win it, but he's not a content creator. All the rest of these people, I'm assuming, I don't know who anybody is. They're all streamers. They're all YouTubers. They're all whatever. They create content. Nibelian just gave video game news. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying it's not worthy of recognition. But that's not content creation. That's I'm telling the news that I heard from a dude. Somebody emailed me something and I put it out on Twitter. That's not content creation. I mean, now that I say that, it literally is. But it's a different level. If you want to put, like, Video Game Journalist of the Year, Nibelian should win that or be nominated in that. This this, This category is not for that, but he will win it because everybody's sad that he's off Twitter now. Hmm... 
Um, I don't really know any. This is the funny one because it was content creator of the year, and I'm like, oh, surely I'll know a couple of them because I watch all sorts of streams and stuff on the side. I listen to a million podcasts. I don't know any of these individuals. Yeah. I know Nibel just because of the hoopla we just heard about. But beyond that, didn't have a clue about him because I, I, Wario64 is who I go to for the, you know, hey, this just happened. This is out. Yeah. So I'm just, this is a, a, a freebie for me. I'm going QTC Cinderella just because that's a, a female who, you know, typically doesn't get, you know, I haven't seen win a bunch of, but I'm sure is awesome because otherwise she wouldn't be here. So. I have no knowledge on it. I'm just going to go QTC Cinderella or QT Cinderella, whatever it is. There you go. I'm winning. She's the one I voted for on the website. So she's my number two pick. (laughs) But speaking of number two picks, I got number three picks in this next category. Most anticipated game of 2023, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Remaster, Remake, Starfield, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There are two games here that I don't, have any interest in. So for me, it's between Final Fantasy 16, Resident Evil 4, and Starfield. I'm going to pick Final Fantasy 16 because it's a Final Fantasy game. I've been digging them lately. I'm excited to see what's next for the series. We talked about it before when we saw the trailer for it. But I am also hyped to play through Resident Evil 4 again differently for all the reasons we talked about when we talked about that before. And I am hyped for Starfield just to see what it becomes. I don't have any like actual hype. But when it comes out, I'm going to get it and see what it's about. What about you? So I'm a three for here as well. However, Final Fantasy 16 is one of them. Hogwarts Legacy is one of them. And Resident Evil 4 is one of them. I don't really care about Starfield. There's nothing in it so far that's got me to where I have to play it. You all know the story. Notoriously, Fallout for me just never hit. I've always screwed those up and failed. So, And Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, I did not like. So I doubt I'm going to like part two. Hopefully it proves me wrong, but whatever. So those two are definitely out. Um, And out of the three, I really am anticipating. For me, I'm most excited about Final Fantasy 16. I don't even think that's a question. Which one do I think will win? If I'm going to put in a contest and have to go like, well, for points, I'm going to say The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is going to win for sure. Fair, yeah. But my personal Final Fantasy 16, oh man, I can't wait. I want to play this game so bad, it's ridiculous. Next up, best multiplayer game, we got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I'm surprised this is, I believe this is the only category where TMNT is nominated yes, that I can remember. It is. So it should win it here. Because you can play this with your buddies drunk on a couch. You can play it with your buddies drunk over the internet. It's it, This is a, it's not a pure multiplayer game, but it's 10 times better in multiplayer. Having a lot of fun. All the other games are great. I mean, Overwatch 2, obviously we play that. Mm-hmm. But I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is just more pure fun. When you have a bad night in Overwatch 2, it's just a bad night. Sure, it's a little better because we're drinking beers and having fun. But you never have a bad night in Shredder's Revenge. It's just fun from start to finish. So that's my vote there. I'm with you right now. Let me tell you, Overwatch 2 is fantastic. I do enjoy the heck out of that game. The others I don't play so much, except for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And since this is also the only category it gets in, it for sure needs to take this one. Because I debate it should be in the uh, the music, best music as well, because mm-hmm. it has so many good soundtracks tied to it and moments that go in with it on it. I don't, I don't know why it's not there, 
But for here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge definitely needs to take it. I'm in agreement. Then we got best sports or racing game. Our favorite category, Eric. You and me, we're the best at oh, these yeah. games. We're, we play them all the time. All the racing games. Yeah, I love them. F122, FIFA 23, NBA 2K23. Now, I'm not going to read them all. The only one that's important here is Gran Turismo 7. That will always get my vote because Gran Turismo is the enthusiast's car game. This is when Forza isn't there. Gran Turismo's there. One of those two should always win it because they're always the best and the baddest. I've played some Gran Turismo games in the past. They're like nothing else I've ever played. So I'm assuming 7 is the same way. That's my pick. Well, like you, I know nothing about most of this at all except for very generically. I'm going to go with FIFA 23 because everybody loves soccer or football if you are over the pond. It's just like a, I feel like it's like a cheat. You know, just go with FIFA and you got... Basically, like a 60-40 chance of winning. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it just because I love the points and I want to win this, man. You don't <laughs> go out there. And plus, and I will say this, I do love soccer. Not watching it, but playing it. I have fond, fond memories of, you know, back in the old days oh, yeah. when I had lots of people and play, players to play with. Playing soccer all the time, nothing beat that. That was just such a good workout and such a good team building kind of thing. So, you know what? There we go. I'm, I'm sticking with FIFA. Go soccer, go, except for I hate all the, you know, the actual professional crap where they fall down and act like they're hurt. and bleh, bleh, bleh. Agreed. So moving on to best sim and strategy game. I have nothing to say about any of these because I haven't played a single one of them. But there's a Paradox game in there. Paradox Interactive makes ridiculously deep strategy slash sim games. You got to remember sim is also the part in here. And they're so deep. I can't even parse them. I can't even make sense of them. That's why I watch Quill 18 on YouTube. But Victoria 3, go nuts. Paradox, you get my vote because Paradox is the greatest. So first off, Dune Spice Wars confused me for a second because of the MMO thing. But yeah, this yeah, actually yeah. isn't that. I got trapped with that. A lot of other people, I was happy to hear a lot of other podcasters and stuff got tricked with that too. Going, what? How? What? what just happened? I just missed this whole thing. So it is not the same thing, thankfully. I, of course, am going to be going with Marlon Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I haven't played it yet. I will, because, of course, I played the uh, first one, never finished, finished it, got really far in, but it got to be really tough. And you know me, I'm a stickler. I don't want to drop things down to easy mode. I always try to just keep going on normal. But this one's been made more accessible. Like, you don't have the grid system anymore. You can actually just, like, free roam within a certain range, and then your characters will actually go and just do the thing instead of just your typical strategy game. Plus, on top of that, the rabbits actually speak this time around, so there's a lot more interaction between the characters, which I think is awesome. So I can't wait to play this one. And from what I know of the first one, it was a very intense and difficult strategy game. You had to be paying close attention and understand your environment and the character's weaknesses, strengths, etc., or you were going to get your rear end handed to you. And that's what strategies all about to me is actually figuring out what works, what doesn't, who's strong to what, what who is not, all that good stuff. So I'm going to give it to Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope. Now, it's also nominated in Best Family Game. we got Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars, Mario and Rabbit's Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. For me, there's only two choices you can make here. One, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, because yes, Eric, it is co-op. I remembered that from before. I just looked it up while you were talking about Mario and Rabbids. You can play as a Waddle Dee, pass the Joy-Con over, and Daddy can get you through the hard part. And then Nintendo Switch Sports, because it's Wii Sports, again, that everybody played 
back in the day. Everybody had a fun time with. I'm going to go with, because I feel like it's an actual game game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land on this one. But either one of those, I think, could take it real easy. Here's where I'm split. Mario and Rabbids doesn't belong here. It's not a family game Mm-mm. at all. Uh, Switch Sports does belong here and is, from what I hear, really good. It just doesn't carry the same magic right. that the original Switch Sports game carried. Lego Star Wars have no clue about this game, so it's off. Uh, Kirby, you know, you just said it is co-op, but I don't know, man. I'm so torn on this one. Between Nintendo Switch Sports, Splatoon 3, for my personal pick. And I think at the end of the day, I would go with Splatoon 3, just because that's a really great game. It's one I've always been interested in and want to play, but I just don't have friends who want to play it. So I just don't feel like I'd end up being invested because without the friends, I'm not going to stick to a a competitive game like that. I'm going to get frustrated with bad teams and I'm going to just dump out and I'm not paying 60 bucks to do that. However, if you had family and they were all interested and you were playing as a team, painting the town red, you know, going to town, that would be so good of a time. So I think for me, personally, Splatoon 3, but what do I think will win? Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. I think Kirby's going to take it and get the points. Next up, we got best fighting game. And I got I got, I got, got a good thing here and I got a beef here. Good thing? Hey, it's DNF Duel. I told you there's always an Arc System Works game in here. And the visuals of it can't get out of my head. There's the game that I remember. That's the one I was thinking about. But the beef, Sifu does not belong here. No, at all. Now, like, I understand it. Yes, you do fighting in that game. The bosses are 1v1 fights. But it's not... A fighting game. We know what a fighting game is. Yeah, this, Come that's, on. That's not what this is for. If it wins, I'm going to be mad because it's, I mean, granted, it's a great game. Everybody loved it. I'm sure the one-on-one fights in it are intense and really cool and interesting. But King of Fighters 15 will get my vote because it's a King of Fighters game. I love King of Fighters. I still haven't played this one because it came around like right after my New Year's resolution to not buy new games. But King of Fighters will always have a little spot in my heart, so that gets my vote. And if not that, DNF Duel, because it's just gorgeous. Arc System Works are crazy. So for me, I'm going to be going with Multiversus, because it had a really good moment in time this year. And it's still kicking. They're still releasing new characters. So what that means is that it still has a player base and things are still rock and rolling for them. I don't feel that it's got the legs to actually carry on forever. But I feel like this year, enough people played it, enough people had a good time with it, and the spectacle of the weird characters, LeBron James and whatnot that they introduced, had people kind of laughing and having a good time with it. Because And just be honest, I don't have any clue. DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre, Kingfight, I don't know anything about these games. Haven't played none of them. And Sifu doesn't belong, so I'm pretending it doesn't even exist there. So I'm going to go with Multiversus as the game this year. Plus, I think a lot of outlets actually played that one, whereas typically fighting games get thrown under the rug. A lot of individuals don't even play them or touch them. And I think this one was at least dabbled with by you know the general populace. So I think that's a good uh, foot in for a, a point there. I don't like Smash Brothers games being in these either. Yeah, I, I, I don't like. They that. are fighting games, though. I know they are, but they're also not. But anyway, let's move on to best role playing game, because we got oh, a good category God, here. I know. I, now, see, I almost want to take a bathroom break and then go on to this. Cause <laughs> now, I know you were mad about this, and I was thinking about it because you know you we know it's going to win. It's going to be Elden Ring. Elden Ring is going to win. But I mean, 
I, I am mad about it, but it is a role-playing game. You make your build, you build out your mm-hmm. things. I, I, my character is a, he's a physical character in the physical world. He went through a struggle and he went through stuff. It's not my vote. It's not what I will pick. It's what's going to win, but what should win is triangle strategy. And I'm surprised that's not in sim slash strategy because it's a tactical RPG, but that gets my vote here. I have Live Alive. I haven't played it yet. I've heard it's awesome, but triangle strategy I know is awesome. Some of those decisions, I was scratching my beard and I was looking it up. I'm like, will I screw up my whole game if I pick this? No. <sighs> but uh, mm, mm. some of those moral choices. And then it's it's units on a grid. And you can do battles in between to level up your units and make them even better. And upgrade them and get better equipment. It's everything that I love in a tactical RPG. Triangle strategy, you're the best. Eldering is not an RPG. Nope. Not gonna. I'm not gonna stand for this. I'm tired of games just getting. Oh, it has RPG like things, so therefore it's an RPG. It's got stats and equipment, man. It Come is on, not now. an RPG. It's just an adventure game with what every game has now. It's RPG stats and and systems. Every game has those. That is not what an RPG is. We all know what a freaking RPG is, and I'm tired of this. Well, technically it's RPG, so we're we're gonna put it in there. It's not. There's no story to this game whatsoever. There's no path. It's just a bunch of random gods and entities and Cthulhu-like freaking HP Lovecraft-like things happening. Oh, but if you go read like the Ark lock that you it's, found, it's there. it'll say, the riddle me this, riddle me that. Come on now, come Love on. Thou said that one time he had a bad cough and so ended up on the Tower of Godruja. Oh, I was at the Tower of Godruja and the bad cough man was there. Ah, oh, it makes sense. He knew that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense unless you go watch some individual who's way smarter and has way more time than any of us have and puts together the whole freaking thing into this cohesive story. I played that damn game, and I read the lore bits, and I read the stuff, and it was all just pieces of shit. I don't understand, but it sounds cool. I'll give you that. It sounds really cool, but it didn't make sense. You know, you should have you saved this for best narrative coming up. You know, yeah, you should've, I know. You should have saved uh, that... that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just re I'll just rehash it. But no, either just, way, just make your pick. It's not it's a fine. freaking RPG. It's <laughs> pissing me off. As every year, I feel like they dump a game that they know is going to win a bunch into like five categories just for the sake of doing it. And it really bugs me with role playing game one this year, especially because there's like fifty role playing games this year. There's like fifty of them, and you couldn't find one more that could have been in that pick besides Elden Ring. Give me a break. And I mean, we're, we both we both played it. What about Star Ocean? What about hey, the thing I forgot to talk about in my week? What about Valkyrie Elysium? Elysium, Diofield Chronicles. I've only played the demo of, but is effing amazing and fun and awesome. Soul Hackers too. Yeah. There's too many, man. Yeah. There's too many. There's so many RPGs this year, actual RPGs. That just like I felt like that was just like a dagger in my side. I went, God bless you. Already know this game's gonna win so much. And you're just going to try to feed it every other genre, too. Come on. Get out of here with your stupid selves. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but to make a pick, Triangle Strategies, boom. That hands down deserves it 100%. I've played through a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Haven't touched 3. Have it right over there. We've joked about it already before. Fantastic game. But based off 2, in my opinions, I feel Triangle Strategy is just more solid in what I like. Because, man, that demo when I played it, 
instantly I went, oh, I love this game. Mm-hmm. I want to play this game. I, I'm, I just I can't wait to make all these decisions and all these choices and convince everybody to do the things and all the multiple ways you can handle a scenario. Blew my mind. And it was gorgeous to boot. And the soundtrack was fantastic. This game deserves the best role-playing game, hands down. We're going to have to stop it right there because, as always, our The Game Awards show is running way too long. It's going too far. It's, it's too much. So stick around next week when the second half is going to drop, along with a special Thanksgiving message for you, the listeners, from your buddies at Third Shift. But what do you think about our nominees so far? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. On the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook, go to Third Shift. Tell us all about how you just want a 10-hour episode. You want Matt to stay up till midnight trying to edit the long-ass episode? And I'll tell you, no, I'm not going to do it. That's why we split it up, because it's too much. It is too much, but right now... You know we're on the money. You know we're making the mark. We're like snipers out there around that corner. We're in those perfect positions, just like we talked about. Pew, pew, pew. Handling business. And if you want to get the rest, you're going to have to tune in in the future to see what we pick for those. But guess what? Just like Matt said, it's okay. Because we'll have a little bit of the past in the present and a little bit of the present in the present because we're going to come on and talk about the turkey day for you. It's all a win-win, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, of course, stay tuned for the next one where we finish everything up. It's going to be a good old time. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any of those good services. I don't know why I'm doing weird voices, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it so much, man. You know, I got a new little dog, and if you could give us some five-star ratings, I wouldn't have to. It's too much. I'm going to have to cut all that out. I'm going to have to just like find, find something that sounds like you. Just be like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's too far. I don't like this'll, it. This will be a great one. You know, the beep, 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 beep. There we go. That's what we're going to do. Steve will have to wonder <laughs> what it is we talked what was about. Said, and he'll never know. <laughs> and until he asks us that on the Patreon, <laughs> there's something else to say. But don't forget to Sit down.